Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. It's the Cleveland Guardians 3, the New York Yankees 2. I'm David Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. Now, uh, you know, some nights you just can't get seated in front of the TV. And this was one of those nights, and we ended up going out and getting a bite to eat. And frankly, by the time we got back, there was no baseball left in this game. Two hours and six minutes, and this thing was over. So, I mean, I listened to a little bit on the radio, uh, driving around, and uh, I literally got home and uh, pulled my phone out and threw on the Bally Sports app, and the bases were loaded, and Josh and Taylor were stepping into the box in the ninth inning. So, I did I turn it on in the perfect time? Kind of did. Kind of did, because everything up until this point, uh, you know, unless you're really into Cal Quantrill pitching to contact, which, you know, looking at Guardians Twitter tonight, some people were. Some people were really proud of Cal Quantrill on the start he made. Uh, You know, unless you're really into, you know, watching him get lucky on BatBip and uh, give up some hard-hit things that don't cause much damage, uh, the Guardians offense didn't give you anything to get excited about until that ninth inning. I won two, what was it, two base runners? Yeah, Josh Bell had drawn a walk and uh, Rosario with that first inning single. That's it. The entire game against Herman until the ninth inning. So I don't think I missed much. I think I could talk in pretty good detail about what was important in this game. And it was the Guardians putting together a rally, knocking out the starting pitcher in the ninth inning. Um, I mean, MVP on the day might be Aaron Boone for taking Herman out. Domingo Herman, who had gone eight and a third, two hits, one earned run, one walk, six strikeouts on only 88 pitches. He's only hard hit six times. Man, the people in New York knew what would happen if the Yankees went to their bullpen. They were ready for Herman to pitch a complete game. So Boone gets booed as he goes out to the mound. He had struck out Miles Straw. To start that inning, he was he was still looking good. I I don't know. Did his, did his velocity drop? Let's see. Uh, against Straw, well, he's throwing mostly curveballs and uh, getting them to uh, getting a few called strikes before he finally chases one down and away. Uh, nine. His first fastball was at ninety point four. Let's see what he was on the uh, on the entire day. Uh, the player breakdown for Herman. I mean, throw the curveball a ton, 39 times, 44, 39 curveballs, 44% of his pitches were curveballs. Uh, yeah, it was on the lower end. His fastball velocity had been around 91.7, touched 93.1, so maybe he was tiring. But uh, it was a pretty quick, pretty, especially with a two-run lead. Like, the Guardians are they're one of the worst home-run hitting teams right now. I know you have to worry about Ramirez. But he pulls him before Ramirez even gets up. And frankly, I you know I was texting with my brother a little bit about this. I mean, Rosario kind of almost blew it in this ninth inning. So he strikes out strong. And then uh, Quan jumps on a second pitch fastball, 91.6. So no, he's not tiring, not losing velocity. But he jumps on it, hits it 95 miles per hour uh, up the middle to Connor Falefa and uh, gets himself on base to kick off. Uh, the ninth inning rally. Then not to kick off the inning, but to kick off the ninth inning rally. And uh, it's 
huge that the top of the lineup uh, can come through like this uh, in this situation. So Quan does that. Rosario, the next man up. Now there's there's one out. If Rosario grounds into a double play, this thing is over. So he goes to Clay Holmes, the hard sinker thrower, gonna pound uh, Rosario inside with sinkers. Throws him four sinkers in this at bat. Starts low, comes back up high, goes back low. Finally, on the fourth pitch, it's kind of right above the knees on the inside half of the plate. And uh, he's lucky. Rosario hits it minus 58-degree launch angle at 64.4 miles per hour. He pounds it into the ground. And it kind of works like a bunt. And Holmes can't field it cleanly off the mound, so it goes as a fielding error. Uh, if he... If he actually squares this, if he actually makes contact with this thing, it's probably a ground ball double play to short. So Rosario is the luckiest guy in this whole thing. That he's on base and Quan's on second and this game's not over. Brings up Jose Ramirez, the guy Boone didn't want to face. And uh, Ramirez, again, three sinkers. That's all Holmes threw in the day, by the way. All he threw were sinkers. Uh, gets one on the outside and does exactly what you should do, shoots it into left field. Now, unfortunately, hits it a little too sharp. Hicks comes up with it quickly, and Quan is held at third. So the thing we love doing, taking the extra base, we can't do, and it puts all the pressure on Josh Naylor. Ninth inning, Josh Naylor is just a fun Josh Naylor. Again, sinkers, uh, he gets one inside. The first two miss away. Comes back with one middle of the plate inside. Naylor turns on it. It's the hardest hit ball of the entire day. The hardest hit ball of the... Oh, I take that back. No, Ahmed Rosario had one harder. Really? Oh, I guess the uh, the ground out in the fourth, that was, uh, you know, looked like it might get through. Uh, I was taken away from him at third base. All right, that was harder at 107.7. So the hardest hit, actual hit of the day, goes to Josh Naylor, and he shoots it through, and he said, I look, he got a tough pitch there. He's got a tough sinker. It's hard to pick up. He said in the post-game interview, I just wanted to hit it hard somewhere. I just wanted to give my guys a chance. Josh Naylor gives the best humble man interview of anyone on the team. He hits all the bright cliches. All the He literally sounds like he's the kid from uh, Bull Durham saying all the right things in that post-game interview. Uh, but yeah, he, he said, i just just trying to hit the ball hard. That's it. Just trying to hit it hard. And uh, finds a hole on the right side. Uh, gets through two runs come in to score. You know, Ahmed Rosario. I, I still love Ahmed Rosario running the bases. I know, I know he's had his struggles, but I still love his energy. I love Ahmed Rosario running the bases. I will never get tired of that. He scores from second. The game's all tied up. The ball goes past the pitcher, past the past the catcher, past the pitcher. But if you notice, uh, Jose Ramirez doesn't. He hesitates a little bit, rounding third, and then just decides, you know what? I'm staying here. It's what we talk about all the time. If you hesitate, you know, it's not even a problem that you hesitate. Just understand that, okay, I hesitated. It's not my day. It's not my not my day to take that extra base, you know, steal one, you know, have that amazing base running moment. If he had been going full speed around third base, it would have been close, but I, I kind of think he would have made it. I kind It would have been a scramble uh, for Holmes to get the ball. You know, ricocheting back off the fence. I kind of think if he was running full speed, he makes it. But, I, you know, understand why he doesn't risk it, right? There's still only one out in the inning. 
You got runners on second and third now with that winning run 90 feet away. You understand why he doesn't risk it. And he, again, smart baseball play. As soon as you hesitate, it's okay. Just don't go then. Just return back to your base safely. Um, it brings up uh, Josh Bell after that. They pretty much intentionally walk him. I mean, just all change-ups away. Uh, so they want nothing to do with him. Brings up Andres Jimenez, and they get him to chase. Oh, man, they get him to expand his zone. He, he's up there hacking, swinging at a sinker at the knees from Wani Peralta, a foul ball sinker at the knees, and then a changeup that he drops the bottom out of, and, of course, he chases. Mm, Jimenez, too, too aggressive. I, I was excited for Jimenez to be up in the ninth inning in this situation because we've seen so many times last year he came through in these situations. He was huge late in games. Yeah, maybe a little too aggressive in this one. You know, chases some bad pitches here. And then Zanino does the opposite. What an at-bat from Mike Zanino. The three fouled sinkers in a row, 97 mile-per-hour pitches that were frankly kind of down the middle. Actually, it would have been nice if he would have squared one of these up, but he fouls it off, fouls off. He's, he's behind each one. He's in protect mode. And finally, uh, you know, he tries to go off speed, and he can't do it. He doesn't have the command. He didn't throw a changeup in the strike zone this entire at-bat to him. He fouled off the first one. All right, that was at the knees. Maybe he would have gotten the call. But the other three changeups he throws in this at-bat, he missed with. So as soon as he changes speeds, he loses the command. Misses inside. It was it was clear. No argument. You know, the Yankees fans can't argue that. They're, they're, he clearly missed off the plate. And he walks Zanino to push that run across. And that's how the Guardians win, by drawing a walk. By drawing a walk. Gonzalez, uh, you know, uh, makes good contact. He chases one that he shouldn't have. He learns his lesson and lays off the changeup on the next pitch. Then gets a hard sinker up and in. He's behind it. He goes now, you know, he threw him two changeups in a row. So he's behind the sinker, even though it's only a four or five mile per hour difference. Uh... And he flies out down the right field line. He at least put some wood on it. Got a decent swing on it. Uh, didn't chase a pitch out of the zone. But uh, it goes for a flyout. So uh, the Guardians take the lead. And then Classe just absolutely shuts things down in the ninth inning. Uh, lots of ground outs. Uh, two ground outs and a strikeout to end things of Aaron Hicks. So beautiful job by Classe. Amazing the difference it makes when a runner's not starting on second base, when you don't have to worry about him moving that runner over, and, and ground balls actually being helpful. When ground balls are outs and it's simple baseball, that's that's where Class A shines right there. Ninth innings are where he shines. But when he gets into extra innings, I don't know. I don't know. It's the, it, He doesn't seem comfortable with, with that rule, with that runner on second rule. He doesn't seem to be a fan of that. So he shuts it down in the ninth inning, and the Guardians walk away with a win. That was your ball game. I mean, unless you're a Yankees fan and you're really happy Trevino hits a home run in the middle of this game in the third inning, that's that's your ball game. So, uh, I, I mean, Herman and Quantrill was the story for the first two hours, but the last six minutes, right, uh, it goes to the Guardians' offense and taking it to Clay Holmes, taking it to Wani Peralta, and... Uh, or I should say staying tough against Wani Peralta. They didn't actually get a hit off him. Uh, but staying tough in those at-bats. And the Guardians beat the Yankees bullpen. You got to be able to do it all in this in this game. You got to be able to have the starting pitching and the bullpen. And the bullpen falters for the Yankees. Meanwhile, the bullpen, 
I, De Los Santos, hilarious. Uh, finishes off the eighth inning for Cal Quantrill after he let Trevino on. And, uh, or was it Volpe after he let Volpe on? And he ends up shutting him down on one pitch. That's just, that's just some silliness right there. Um, yeah, he, uh, Volpe had singled off Quantrill. They go get him without even throwing a pitch. He picks off Volpe at first base. Uh, apparently, Hamilton was saying something that the Yankees are trying some college gimmicky stolen base thing where you like jump to get yourself a good, uh, a jump. You know, you literally jump to get a good jump, uh, off the catcher, off the pitcher when you're trying to steal a base. So you like hop in the air to get yourself a better takeoff than doing it flat-footed. I don't know. Whatever it was, Hamilton was trying to describe it. I guess it's a college thing that the Yankees have picked up. And uh, Volpe gets thrown out, uh, you know, on a pickoff move. And then one pitch to Rizzo, and he grounds out. So you want to talk about ultra-efficient. De Los Santos, the definition tonight of ultra-efficient. One pitch, two outs recorded. Wasn't even a double play. Uh, so fun stuff there. And the Class A shutting the door. So the Guardians' bullpen outduels the Yankees' bullpen in this one. All right. So uh, other than that, the offense was really stale, really struggled against Erman. Like we said, eight and two, eight and a third inning. Uh, only racks up six strikeouts, but was pretty effective at keeping them off balance. Uh, let's see what pitch was really working for him. Yeah, 41% whiff rate. On that curveball. They were at least putting the fastball in play. Not very hard. 85.5 average exit velocity. So he was getting weak contact. But that curveball was giving him fits. It had 10 called strikes as well for 49% CSW. Uh, that's pretty impressive uh, from Domingo Armand. And he was he was throwing him for strikes. He was just pounding the strike zone with that curveball. Uh, we go over to the illustrator here. Let's, let's look at all these uh, swinging strikes here from Armand. And a lot of stuff out of the zone. A lot of chasing out of the zone on that curveball. Not great to see from your Guardians hitters. What about all the called strikes? Were they on the edges or were they just... Yeah, it's it's amazing. They were, they were two completely different quadrants. All his called strikes uh, for the right-handed pitcher were uh, to, the, uh, to the arm side, eh, bottom half of the plate. Uh, everything that was a swing strike was down in a way to the glove side. So, yeah, uh, I, I don't know why when the curveball was up, the Guardians were just letting it go, and when the curveball was down, they were chasing it. It seems to be kind of what they were doing. They were, they were helping them out and expanding that zone. Uh, going back to the player breakdown page, let's see what's the out-of-the-zone swinging. Yeah, 52% of the time, they were swinging outside of the zone. Um, and they only made contact 30% of the time when they did swing outside the zone. So there you go. Yeah, those numbers don't lie. Uh, I wonder what the Cal Quantrill numbers look like in comparison. Now, the Cal Quantrill numbers in this one are, are kind of ridiculous. And it's, it's kind of amazing that he makes it work. He did induce the weak contact that he wanted to induce. 86.6 average exit velocity off Cal Quantrill. Off the sinker, which he threw, you know, 44% of the time, 43 times he threw it, 44% of his pitches were sinkers. 90.7 average exit velocity. All right, that's, that's pretty hard hit. 
Uh, on the cutter, though, only an 84.7 average exit velocity. And they put it in place seven times. So it's not a small sample size for that number. Uh, but they just didn't. The Z contact. So when they swung at pitches in the zone, 100% contact rate. When they swung at pitches outside of the zone, O contact, 92% contact rate. One whiff. One whiff on the entire day for uh, for the Yankees hitters. One curveball they whiffed on. At least he was going to other pitches. Remember his last start, it was just it was like 80 something, 87% sinkers and cutters. This one, it's only 68% sinkers and cutters. So at least two-thirds of the time, he was going to something, or at least one-third of the time, he was going to something off-speed. Whether it be the curveball uh, or whether it be the uh, change-up, he did throw four splitters, apparently. So at least Quantrill was trying to work in some other pitches, but still, this, this guy, he just is not a strikeout pitcher. One whiff on 43 swings. It's a 2% whiff rate. I don't understand how Cal Quantrill <laughs> continues to survive in this league, but it worked for him tonight. It, it did. I mean, there were some there were some loud outs. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the first two batters of the game that he faces, Volpe and Rizzo, both flying out and fly out at uh, over a hundred mile per hour exit velocity. Volpe's line out had an eight ten expected batting average to Jimenez. Rizzo's flyout had a six sixty expected batting average. Would have been a home run in five out of thirty ballparks. Obviously, would have been off the monster at least if we were back in Fenway. Uh, but Quan's able to run it down. Quan's probably thinking to himself, "Thank God I have some outfield out here to run balls down again." So he was getting hit hard. He just made it work somehow. That's what Cal Quantrill does. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I got for you on this one. Uh, it's, it's a weird game, weird game that both pitchers were, uh, you know, doing things in their own way, but both pitchers had decent starts, had quality starts, both of them. And, uh, Quantrill was hard hit a little bit more. Like I said, Armand was only hard hit six times. Quantrill was hard hit eight times. Uh, but yeah, he was able to kind of string out those six hits. He didn't walk a lot, only one walk uh, for both pitchers. So, uh, you know, didn't put themselves in a hole that way. And he was able to string out the six hits. Now, what's interesting is the one walk does come around to score. Uh, in that third inning, uh, yes, he gives up the home run to uh, Trevino with one out. Then he strikes out Volpe. So with two outs, he walks Rizzo. And then he gives up back-to-back singles to Torres and LeMahieu, and it brings Rizzo in to score. So uh, the walk does cost him a run. Home runs and walks, right? That's what FIP is all about, fielding independent pitching. It's all about walks, home runs, and strikeouts, the things the pitcher can control. He can't control whether Quan's going to run a ball down or not. But he can control home runs, he can control walks, and he can control strikeouts. Cal's FIP going into this game was 470. So I'm sure the home run on the walk didn't help things in this game. It was the highest of his career up until this point in five seasons. It had an expected FIP of actually 530. So his expected FIP was actually even higher. So he was was getting a little bit lucky that way. Uh, So yeah, his, his walks and home runs are up a little bit. 
uh, this year compared to, and strikeouts are down. So, uh, yeah, Ks per nine are the lowest of his career. Uh, walks per nine are the highest of his career. Home runs per nine are not somewhere in the middle for his career average. Uh, so, yeah, uh, those two things cost him early in this game in the third inning, but he's able to settle down and he's able to keep the Guardians in the game. And they did talk about that, how his him battling and keeping them competitive definitely helped them, uh, clearly, because they're able to rally in this ninth inning and do just enough to get the win. So, no matter how it goes down, it is always fun to beat the Yankees. And I think that's that's the real message on this one. It's always fun to beat the Yankees. All right, MVP on the day. Man, I've been bad about doing this lately, haven't I? MVP on the day goes to Josh Naylor. You come up with the only big hit of the game. And it ties it in the ninth inning. Two RBIs. Definitely take home MVP on the day. I, I mean, I'd love to give it to Nino for drawing the go-ahead walk. But he did have three strikeouts in the day leading up to that. So not the best day from uh, Mike Zeno. Very important moment, but maybe not the most valuable player on the day. So Josh Naylor is your MVP on the day. All right. That's all my thoughts on this one. Uh, it's a strange, strange baseball game. Uh, but glad the Guardians get it done. Uh, Tony did jump in the emails. He kind of wrote a little poem for us here. I don't think he intended to. Uh, Tony said, pretty simple, a lot to like about the game. Cal pitched a good game and kept it close while the bats were quiet. De Los Santos, one pitch win. Finally, some timely hitting. And Zanino with the most beautiful walk drawn I have ever seen. Classe slams the door. Love beating the Yankees. A poem by Tony. Love beating the Yankees. Uh, I don't think that's how Tony intended it, but just he wrote it with like spaces between the lines and it literally looks like a poem written out here. So thanks, Tony. Thanks for the entertaining email. Um, yeah, he's right. Uh, I guess you could say Cal pitched a good game. It was a quality start. Uh, De Los Santos one pitch win. Oh, that's right. De Los Santos gets the win too, uh, which is fun. Uh, I, I guess timely hitting is better than no hitting, right, Tony? Uh, Zanino's walk was nice. It was a really good at bat. Classe slamming the door. Nice to see getting those ground balls and love beating the Yankees. Can't agree more. All right. That is all my thoughts on this one. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from New York. It's the Guardians three, the Yankees two. We'll be back tomorrow. We've got a good matchup tomorrow oh man tanner bybee going up against garrett cole who's 5-0 with a 111 era by the way herman had like a five plus era going into this one he's not the first person in the last week with like a pretty high era who's having a pretty rough season look really good against our offense so who knows maybe the inverse will happen maybe the guy with the sparkling record in era will actually struggle against us uh, and we'll turn the tides that way. Maybe that's going to be the MO of this season. Uh, it's just when you think to bet against us, that's when we play our best baseball. So you can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss it on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Spotify. There's a link in the show notes. Nobody's done it yet this season, but you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.